a Hobo Hut Media production. Every city has its secrets, and Sydney is no exception. Welcome to Sydney Untold, a podcast about uncovering Sydney's hidden locations and history. From abandoned tunnels to secret gardens to even the most haunted road in the world, let's step back in time as we uncover some of Sydney's secret past. For many, when you think of the train, the first thing that comes to mind is, ah, the car's broken, I'll have to catch the train. However, you mightn't realise that Sydney's train network has a secret past, particularly at St James Station. Getting off the train, you'll quickly realise there's a secret door that seemingly leads to nowhere. But in fact, it leads to a tunnel system that despite being built in World War I, has never been seen by the public. Did you know there are secret tunnels under the ground of St James Station? And if you do, do you even know what they were used for? St James Station was designed by John Bradfield with construction starting in 1922 which finished in the December of 1926. St James Station is one of the stations that was built as part of the City Loop. That's the voice of Dr Lisa Murray. She's the city historian for the City of Sydney. She knows a lot about Sydney's train history. Bradfield, you might have heard of. He was actually the guy who designed and built the Sydney Harbour Bridge, but he was also extremely involved in the railways. Bradfield was appointed in 1914 as the chief engineer of the Metropolitan Railway construction. He had a grand plan to build a city loop along with an eastern suburbs line and a western suburbs line that would go along a bridge and through to Balmain. In 1915, they started construction of the eastern line, which was meant to incorporate St James and Museum stations. The stations were built using a cut-and-cover method of construction. This method involved them digging into the ground, building the tunnels and then covering them back up. This option was a lot cheaper than how they constructed the Western Line, which involved digging under all the city buildings. This was due to the entrance at Hyde Park. St James Station was seen as a hub for the planned Eastern Suburbs Line. The station was constructed with four platforms. There are two outer platforms used today for servicing the city circle and two additional inner platforms built to serve the planned extensions into the east of Sydney. And you can still see these extra platforms today in St James. They're the two platforms in the very middle and it's why St James seems so much wider than seems necessary. If you were to follow the unused platforms, you'd stumble across kilometres of tunnels. These tunnels were dug out and constructed surrounding St James Station to accommodate the planned eastern line. However, the tunnels were never actually used as part of the eastern suburbs railway extension. It was put on hold for a long time because of the Great Depression and then the Second World War hit. With the ongoing war material shortage and rising costs, the Australian government halted construction of the eastern suburbs line in 1951. 
It wasn't until the 1960s that construction of the Eastern Suburbs line was continued. However, this time under a modified plan. Bradfield's vision of having it leave from St James Station was scuttled. Instead, the Eastern Suburbs line goes through Town Hall and a new station which was built Martin Place before moving on into the eastern suburbs. And it only goes as far as Bondi Junction. And the proposed train line would have gone all the way to Bondi Beach. However, that was scrapped too. St James Railway Station is a really interesting example of where planning for infrastructure had a really grand vision, but then world events got in the way of seeing that to fruition. The government planned to have quite an extensive modern electrified railway system for Sydney siders. But what it means for St James Station is that we have a very large station that represents a moment in time in Sydney's planning history and the stub tunnels are a relic of that and form a reminder that government over the years for Sydney did have grand infrastructure plans for metropolitan Sydney. While the tunnels at St James haven't been used for transporting people, they have been home to some great things over the years. Probably the most dramatic uses were during the Second World War. Men and women of Australia, we are at war with Japan. The tunnels to the south of St James Station, the stub tunnels, were actually converted to be public air raid shelters. These were accessed from Hyde Park and were used on a number of occasions. Sydney during World War II was very much in the firing line of the war in the Pacific. The Japanese had a number of submarines that breached into Sydney Harbour and fired onto Rose Bay and the eastern suburbs. So the reality of war coming to Sydney was very real, very heightened. And so there were lots of places that had air raid shelters, but the stub tunnels or the disused tunnels of St James Station were perfect for this. So they built some large concrete walls within the tunnels to act as shrapnel barriers and to provide some protection for civilians. And you can actually see on some of these concrete walls, there's actually graffiti that survives from the 1940s as part of this part of the tunnel's history. We do believe also that there were also some civilian uh, graffiti there as well. The air raid tunnels, they've all been filled in, but over the years, there has been sort of later incursions into these tunnels quite illegally, I should add, and we do not recommend this for listeners at home. So there are these layers of history of people who've made their marks on the walls of both the tunnels and the sort of air raid walls that were built in these tunnels at the southern end of St James. There were also tunnels at the northern end of St James. They were used a bit as well during the Second World War. Because St James wasn't connected up right up to Circular Quay until after the Second World War, the tunnels that were prepared 
to go to Circular Quay were actually requisitioned for the war effort as well. And there were a number of control centres for the military and armed forces in those tunnels. There was quite a bit of comings and goings of, of various people making decisions, monitoring all sorts of things from weather to signals and ship movements and, and were very much part of Sydney's wartime effort. And then interestingly, the other little stub tunnel that was going off to the eastern suburbs over the years has had various groundwater penetration. So to the point that there's now quite a large lake sitting underneath the tunnel and underneath what's kind of roughly underneath of Macquarie Street and, and near to Parliament House and the State Library of New South Wales. And this lake is generally called St James Lake. The St James Lake is also home to this big bell, this huge metal ball-like object located in the middle of the lake. According to sources at the ABC, Australia's national broadcasting network, the bell was installed by Sydney artist Nigel Haler as part of an installation in 1992. The piece titled An Unrequited Place was part of the working in public project created by Artspace Sydney, and it was a combination of a physical sculpture, performance, and audio broadcast recorded by the ABC. For 21 days, the sound of the bell tolling at midnight was broadcast by the ABC. The tunnels have been used for more things as well. During the production of the third Matrix film, The Matrix Revolution, the scene where Neo is waiting for a train with a little girl and her parents, the platform they're waiting on is actually one of the disused platforms at St James Station. Additionally, in the 2011 mockumentary horror film called The Tunnel, the set is the tunnel system itself, and it was also used in an episode of Police Rescue by the ABC in the 1990s. In the episode, a boy who had fallen down a storm drain is rescued. Finally, from 1933 to 1934, the inner city tunnel between St James and Circular Quay was used by Raymond Mass, a Spanish migrant who used the tunnels as a location for an experimental mushroom farm producing 4,500 kilograms of mushrooms per month. He grew his crop directly on the floor of the tunnel and used the raised timber planks to gain access for picking. There's always been a lot of interest in tunnels around Sydney and St James Tunnels are part of that, I guess, folkloric interest in the dark and the secret. For a number of years, the Railway Historical Society with State Rail's blessing, ran tours of the tunnels at St James. Participants would have to bring their own Wellington boots and their own flashlights, and they could be led on a guided tour of some of these tunnels. I was really fortunate when I was a young 20-something historian to go on one of these tunnel tours. So I have actually experienced walking through the tunnels. They really are expansive and show so much promise of what Sydney was to be. They were really fascinating as well because they were abandoned, because they were just sort of sitting under a city and walking along these tunnels, hearing the trains going past and the tunnels nearby. 
knowing that people were above you walking along the pavement, it was a really unique experience and quite scary when you turned off all the torchlights and just sat literally in the pitch black of these tunnels. They were an extraordinary thing. Thank you for listening to Sydney Untold. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the untold history of St James Station. I'd like to thank Dr Lisa Murray from the City of Sydney for agreeing to appear on the podcast and for sharing her knowledge of St James Station. This episode of Sydney Untold was written, voiced and edited by Harry Hughes. And thank you to our associate producer, Adam Hughes. Hobo Hut Media Group would like to recognise all Aboriginal people, particularly the Gadigal people past and present, the location of which this episode was located. Links for further information about St James Station and the tunnels are in the show notes below.